Here we hey go. Hey, everybody. What's up, Hi, Jesus? everybody. I don't even know if anybody's here or not. Nobody's here. It's okay. We're just talking to ourselves. It's fine. It's fine. We'll do our. We'll do some weird talking while until we get guests here. How was everybody's week? I know we we were talking about that before. Um, <clears throat> we went live, but how was everybody's week this uh, past week? A lot of trades. It was great. I love trading. I made like eleven trades this weekend. God damn! I wish I was in a league where eleven trades could go down. That's I'm lucky. If, I'm lucky if eleven trades go down in like a whole season. Come on. I'm serious, man. It's crazy. I don't understand. Part of it is I have too many leagues this year, so I'm not sending as many trades out. And I always say if if you want to make a trade, you have to initiate it because other people don't. So uh, I am part of the problem. So I'm definitely part of the problem, fault. too. I also get very, very irritated with my home leagues about um, how they value players because – I, I got a trade offer. It was like, it was, I, I needed a running back and I got Matt Breda and, um, no, I can't remember his name. Malcolm Brown uh, offered to me for Kenny Galladay. And I was like, <laughs> what? I don't understand why this is even a question. Obviously, you want Matt Breda if you can get him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this guy was a 49ers fan, and I was like, you asked too much for Matt Breda. Like, that's ridiculous. Right. And then and then Matt Breda decided to go off that week, and he's like, oh, I asked too much for Matt Breda. And then the past two weeks, he hasn't done anything. And I'm like, yeah, you asked too much for Matt. Like, I don't know what, I don't sure? know what else to do. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, my my home my main home dynasty league is just absolutely ridiculous with how they value players and I I can't get anything done because every time like I get somebody makes like tries to make fun of me for the offers I send and I'm like are you you're kidding right like it's not like I don't know what I'm doing here you guys just seem to overvalue your players like crazy I I feel bad because I I really kind of do my research and I send out pretty fair trades. And then people are like, you got to be kidding me. That you're ripping me off, or that's bullshit, or you know. Well, but um, who are, I think I put this on Twitter, and I, I think you commented on it, Ethan. But um, one of my trades was uh, Nick Chubb, Drew Locke, and Damian Harris was one side. So Nick Chubb, Drew Locke, and Damian Harris. So um, Nick Chubb, and, and a 2024 round pick, and the other side was Tevin Coleman, Stephon Diggs, and Drew Brees. This is in Dynasty Superflex PPR. Full PPR. So Tevin Coleman, Stefan Diggs, and Drew Brees for Nick Chubb, Drew Locke, Damian Harris, and a 2024th. Yeah, that one, I mean, I think I may have commented on it. To, to me, it's the Brees side if you're looking at value, just like straight up value. Um, I think Brees, Brees is talking about coming back this week. Um, if he comes back this week, it's – it's kind of a no-brainer that you know he's he's going to give you at least a, a good chunk of the season left. Um, I love Nick Chubb, so this is hard because I think if I was if I'm competing this year, I'm probably not trading Nick Chubb regardless. Um, but I mean, that, I think that's the value-wise, it's it's pretty close. Drew Locke is a non-factor. I don't I don't even they're talking about him not even getting reps this year. 
Um, yeah. They don't I'm, seem to be happy with him, and he could be replaced next year um, yeah. with how badly they're playing. Damian Harris, I thought he looked pretty good um, in the two snaps that he got when the Patriots were up by 33 points. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he looked good, but again, he's not getting any reps, so he's not really providing you with anything. Um, the fourth is a throwaway pick. It's yeah, right. If it, it's it's a pick to make you feel good. I mean, just, so I mean, it's really chub for those like those three guys, and I think this year it's probably that side and and in any other setting, long term wise, it's chub for me. Yeah, it's dynasty, mm-hmm. and I'm I have seven re, I have seven quarterbacks in my roster, so I uh, goddamn. I'm able to uh, John John Hogue McGlynn here. I didn't. I told. I said it before. Like I don't ever. I was never a quarterback. I had three at the most, even in superflex, you know. And I'm like, uh, so I talked to him. He's like, I don't understand it. They're so hard to get. If you don't get them from the get go, you're never going to get them. And 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 I'm like, all right. So we started a league, and I stockpiled quarterbacks, and I got you know Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, Mariota, Rosen, Darnold, Kyle Allen. And I had Drew Brees, but now I have Drew Locke. But that's not a definitely. That's a, a huge downgrade. But you know, I don't know. I'm not a big Locke fan, but you know, it, it, at I some he, point in time, they're going to get reps at some point, right? I mean, he was a second round pick. You can't just, like, throw him in the I, wind, right? And I don't care. And I got my running backs now are Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, um, Devonta Freeman, Aaron Jones. Um, who else I got here? Mark Walton, Edel Smith, Damian Harris. Uh, and then I got a tons of receivers, so I, I have I just traded and I made another trade right after that, which was, I okay. So here's which side would you take, Devonta Parker, Irv Smith Jr., or Hayden Hurst, a fourth and a fifth round pick? I mean, it sounds like a no brainer to me, but I, I think that's Irv Smith, pretty easily in my opinion. A hundred percent. That's what yeah. I. So. Yeah, I yep. traded away Hayden Hurst in a fourth and a fifth for Parker and Irv Smith. Not that I'm a Dolphins fan, and it really hurts rooting for Devontae Parker the last six years and having him just every day it's a fingernail or it's a toenail or it's his nose or something else hurts. And it's like, dude, you're so talented. What is going on here? Uh, he doesn't work hard. I don't know. Yeah. I actually don't know that. <laughs> you uh, can't know that. I don't know that. Uh, he doesn't work hard. He's that terrible. Was, that was actually. purely based off of what Adam Gase had to say. And uh, after uh, Monday night's game, I don't think you should probably be listening to Adam Gase about players. Um, I, I didn't. We didn't formally intro this podcast. Uh, we just decided to start talking <laughs> trades here. Uh, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the live show. Uh, watching the live show, uh, what have you. Uh, I'm obviously uh, Sam Stompy Lane at FF Stompy on Twitter. I am here with Ethan Turner uh, at E Turner FF underscore PT, our local doctor, if you will, and John McGlynn at John McGlynn 75 on Twitter. How's it going today, gentlemen? Going fantastic, guys. It's uh, every day's a doer podcast. It's a great day. Uh, looks like we have a couple listeners in the in the uh, chat. What's going on, guys? I know Bill's in there, and then we have Panda Havoc also as well. Um, I apologize. I do not know your real name, Panda Havoc. Um, but before we get f- uh, actually started into uh, this podcast, uh, I want to talk to you about a n- another DLF podcast. Uh, 
commission impossible. Legendary league commissioners Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish explore the ins and outs of running fantasy leagues. They share they share their vast experiences, discuss innovative league ideas and formats, and help elevate the game to a whole new level. And if you guys are not asking, if you're you're a commissioner and aren't at listening to this or asking for their advice, or ha- aren't in one of their leagues, you really need to uh, listen to this podcast because they have put together some outstanding outstanding leagues very fun leagues new leagues uh, new league ideas so uh, if you're a commissioner of any league you definitely need to be listening to ryan mcdowell and scott fish it's one of my favorite shows i i love i'm the commissioner of tons of leagues so i love i send them questions all the time they answer my questions they're good about getting back that is one of my favorite podcasts all right so i think we probably should start with uh, since we don't really have very many questions as of yet, and we are waiting for them in the chat, but we should start with our Thursday night preview. Um, probably not going to be great, uh, but we are going to talk about the Washington Football Club because they have a racist nickname at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, again, not going to be great. Uh, Ethan, why don't you tell uh, talk to us about uh, Adam Thielen's injury first since that's going to have a big impact on this game. Yeah, that is. Um, Thielen, the problem with Thielen is that he's dealing with this hamstring strain and on a short week that he just hasn't had enough time to, to really recover from it. Um, kind of a crazy catch, touchdown catch that he got that he got uh, hurt on there. So um, he has already been ruled out for this game. So you don't luckily you don't have to worry about if you should or shouldn't play him. Um, you just sit him on your bench. Uh, it's, it's a disappointment because obviously you want him to play, but uh, he's already been ruled out. So you just kind of you just kind of roll with it there. Um, it's one of those things where I think, I think it makes a lot of sense to give him, give him the break. Um, he's going to get 10 days rest. So that's actually what you want with something like this. If they don't rest him, um, and he hurts himself even worse, uh, then, then you're looking at at really just a, a, a disappointing rest of the year, as opposed to just missing one game, you'd rather him just miss the one game, um, and get back right, uh, especially on a short week where he probably wasn't going to produce a ton anyway. And so, I mean, it sounds like it's not very serious, but like you said, I mean, soft tissue injuries always kind of linger. Uh, you think? Do you think a what effectively amounts to a two week rest? will he, he will be okay moving forward i think if it's a minor if it's a minor strain he should be fine okay yeah it shouldn't should be something that really bothers him uh too much biggest concern is when he first comes back so you're gonna know um and it's there's no way hamstring strains are one of those things that there's really no way to know until you're running at full speed again so um you kind of just have to kind of hold your breath and it's like okay he's playing Let's see how he gets through. If he makes it through one game, fine. Then he should be. He shouldn't really bother him much after that. Uh, while we're on the topic of injuries, uh, Darius Geis should be eligible to return Week Ten, I believe. I believe yes. IR stints are eight weeks. If they decide to bring him back, which probably a big if at this point, right? Because the uh, because Washington is zero and six now. Are they on seven? Have they had their buy? I can't um, remember if they've had their buy or not. They're terrible. Yeah. I don't know Re- regardless, exactly. they're winless. I don't know how terrible. They're they're they winless. They're winless right now. 
They probably don't have a real good um, chance of winning many games. If not, oh, they they're not winless. They apparently they beat, they beat the Dolphins. Baby. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. Sorry, so they, they, they should have won. We should have doomed. Yes, sorry. <laughs> so they have one win, but their prospects this season are not great. Uh, do you? I mean, if they bring him back, do you? Is he a buy for this season? Do you trust uh, that knee um, or both knees for that matter the rest of the season? I mean, it's there's there's so much that goes into this. I didn't think he was going to end up on IR with a meniscus tear. Normally, if normally they wouldn't. Normally, it's a pretty clean, easy, uh, easy to recover from injury. You know, maybe six weeks. Uh, some guys come back, and you know, uh, Michael Gallup had a had a meniscus surgery, and he came back in two weeks. So, um, the fact that that was a longer recovery is not ideal. Um, obviously, with his history, you have to be concerned about these compensation injuries. Um, and he's, what is he coming back to? Is he coming back to a Case Keenum-led offense, Dwayne Haskins-led offense? What What's happening with Adrian Peterson, who's kind of deal, he's banged up himself? You know, if, if if Adrian Peterson is hurt, Chris Thompson's already hurt. Mm-hmm. If he comes back and he's healthy and he's good to go, he could be a bell cow as soon as he walks back in. Um, the question is, how long can he stay that way? Um, as far as redraft, no, I'm probably not buying unless he's already on my team um you know and then obviously you don't have to buy him but uh for dynasty i think i think you still have to i think you still have to believe we haven't you can't give up on darius guys yet um we knew that a compensation injury could occur with the acl tear coming back from that and this is one of those situations where I, I really do think he was a talented back coming into the league. You just got to give him a chance to actually play. <laughs> I mean, he has to play. So um, I, I just, I just feel like to me, guys is a buy low in dynasty. You can play up the injury history even more. There's not very many chances that you get to actually buy a running back. That could be a bell cow. And I think this is one of them. And Stompy uh, is like absolutely not. No, no, no. I, I, I do, do not I, buy. <laughs> no, I, I, I think he is a buy. I mean, uh, what he was. I mean, he was my number three coming out last season. Uh, I, I, I like Nick Chubb a lot. Um, still like Nick Chubb. I have a Chubb for Chubb. Every time I we talk about Nick Chubb, I have to say that. But uh, he was highly touted coming out, and he was. I mean it's not like that person has changed all that much. Maybe he slowed down a little bit because of these, but I doubt it because he's so young. Well, that's the other thing, especially in dynasty. He was young coming into the league. I mean, right. you look at him compared to a guy like Sony Michelle, who is, you know, coming up on year 25, which is kind of the cliff year for running backs in terms of fantasy production. I mean, guys is only 22. He still has a, a you know, a, Likely, if he stays healthy, three three really good seasons. So, you know, again, a lot of that depends on the situation. But is that true, uh, Ethan? That people with like bad knees like that who have all kind of knee injuries, that some people just have knees that are susceptible to injuries. Like once you have them, like you just not that you repeat the same injury, but like people who have like you know, not everybody's even though everybody's body's the same. Some people have like weird ligaments and weird situations where they are susceptible susceptible to like certain injuries. 
Well, yeah, genetics plays a lot of a, a big role in it. Previous injury is the best indicator that you've got as far as future injury. So the fact that he has this in his past is not ideal going forward. It does predispose him to injuries down the road. Um, meniscus, ACL, both of them could lead to arthritis, um, early onset arthritis, uh, which we're seeing a little bit with Todd Gurley. So, uh, yes, there is a lot of factors that go into it. The biggest one that we have found is previous injury. Um, but there are, you know, some people are just more susceptible to these kinds of repeat, uh, strains and sprains. Um, but, but, but they're also susceptible to it because, those tissues are already damaged because they've been damaged once before. So uh, I don't know if that answered the question as well as, as you, you were, what you were looking for, but the, the, the answer is yes. I mean, there are some people that are just more likely to get injured and their history is the biggest factor in that. Um, so yeah, I, I, before we answer, there, there are a couple of questions in the chat. Thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, Scott, Scott Connor is in the chat. Um, Terminator. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but he brings up, he brought up another injury in Washington. Bryce Love getting another knee surgery, and I don't know if that's really if that stems from the previous knee surgery, if that stems from his work in Washington. But it does bring up a question about the training staff and the medical staff for Washington. Is there an issue there? Because we've seen multiple of these things over the past couple of years with uh, Alex Smith and Colt McCoy and Darius Geis. And there seems to be a lot of injuries constantly occurring there. I mean, uh, Jordan Reed, and I, I don't think you can necessarily apply that to Washington's medical staff, but is there an issue in Washington? And does it need to, or I mean, do we need to worry about it? This is tough for me. Um, as a medical professional, I don't, I don't like to put down other medical professionals. Uh, all of the the staff is highly qualified. Um, these are this is a billion dollar industry. This is these are million dollar individuals, million dollar knees. Um, they don't they don't just let anybody off the street just come work on these guys. So, as far as is there a problem with the training staff? I don't think that uh, it would be fair for me from my couch uh, to judge them um, from a medical perspective. I think it is kind of interesting that we see teams with certain staffs that tend to have a harder time recouping these guys back from from injuries. The Chargers are another team that I think gets a lot of flack for, for all of the injuries that they have that just kind of build up and build up and and the fact that those guys aren't getting better as quickly or as efficiently as some other teams have it. So it's just like anything else. You you have good staffs and you have bad staffs, but I think they're all highly qualified. So uh, to, I don't know if that's really – I don't think I answered your question, Stompy, but I think it is interesting when we see trends like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it and, could and indicate it. that you might want to switch things up. And, and you see it in Los Angeles, the, the Chargers have – had issues for years now where they go down with injuries constantly. And it's just something that maybe, maybe it's not like a thing that's like, Oh, I have to worry about this, but it might push you over the edge on a player, a given player. If you choose in between them, um, just to pull on this thread uh, a little bit more and then we can, we'll move on here. Um, 
a couple of other questions, one from Scott Connor, one from uh, Andrew O in the chat. Uh, how do we feel about like guys like Nick Chubb and carry on with their injury histories and their knee histories and stuff like that? Are we concerned about carry on and is he injury prone and it, will Nick Chubb's knee injury come up like Todd Gurley's did? So, so to speak to carry on first, I was concerned about carry on's injury history coming into the league. Right. Um, he has, had a chronic history dating back all the way to high school um, where he was had he has had multiple shoulder surgeries. We haven't seen that creep up yet, um, but we have seen uh, repeated knee injuries last year and this year. Um, he missed six games at the end of the year last year, obviously on the IR now. So um, this is becoming a, a very quickly a trend with carry on Johnson. And again, best predictor of future injury is previous injuries. So when you see these injuries just stack up um, year after year, you have to wonder going forward if you're ever going to kind of get over that hump. Um, the good news, at least for carry on's sake, is that he hasn't had, outside of the shoulder surgeries, he hasn't had the big one. You know, he hasn't had a torn ACL. He hasn't had an Achilles tear, patella tendon rupture, um, you know, something that significantly shortens his career long term most of his stuff has been very much short-term injuries an mcl injury last year uh i believe he has a meniscus tear they haven't released that but just based on the timeline and what they're kind of saying um i know he had surgery so that just kind of cues you in a little bit on what's probably going on there um yeah it's a concern it's even, definitely a concern. Even like Trent Williams. I mean, he was so mad because they lied to him. They, you know, or he said they lied to him anyway. He he said that they lied to him about his injuries and his recovery time. And I mean, that was a big deal in Washington. You know, it just seems like everything. I don't know of any other team in the NFL has who has injury problems like the Redskins do. I, I and and still like continue to have them. Yeah, and again, I think it. it I don't. I'm not in that training room, so I can't. I don't get to see enough to say, man, that seems like it's kind of a bad decision to do that. Um, the infections and things, those are fluky. So I don't really take a lot of merit in that. Um, as far as, you know, the, the rehab processes, I don't know. I've never been in the Redskins training facility. I've never talked to their, you know, rehab staff, their doctors, their, their PTs, their, you know, whatever their plan is clearly it, it, it didn't work for Bryce love. Um, you know, with Bryce Love, that that was we knew he might need another surgery eventually. That came out this off season that his knee was stiff and it wasn't feeling right. So, uh, you know, that one right. doesn't surprise me. Guys, again, the infections are a fluke. Um, the meniscus is uh, again, you could say, is a fluke. Uh, I'm not convinced he didn't have a partial ACL injury before he came into the league from an injury that he had in college so who knows if how much is this is on their staff as opposed to um as opposed to just bad luck all right that's enough of putting ethan on the spot here uh, <laughs> asking all of our our medical questions uh ethan can, i might have you look at a couple molds later for me uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah i definitely will <laughs> um, we do have a couple questions in the chat. Um, uh, first one from Ben Ebby. Uh, how are we feeling about Kyle Allen's future and value in Superflex? Is he doing enough to earn a long-term starting gig or is a situation where once Cam is fully healthy or 
is this a situation where once Cam is fully healthy, uh, Kyle Allen will fill, fade away? If this is on me, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm riding the Kyle Allen train as far as it goes, and I think this is probably. I think they want to move on from Cam in Carolina. I think with his, uh, you know, with his the way he plays, his body's breaking down. The money they're going to owe him, all the all the factors just kind of go into like, hey, we're going to keep riding this Kyle Allen train and see how far it gets us. And unless we absolutely have to put Cam in, we're going to keep going with Kyle Allen. I I don't think that they want to rush Cam back. I think they want to see as much as they possibly can from Kyle Allen. And if that means two, three, four more weeks, the rest of the season, uh, as long as the uh, W's, as long as the W's keep coming in, I I don't see a reason to go back to Cam. I'll let you just talk on it, Stompy, because I, well, like I talked for like the whole first. Yeah, let, I'll, let me talk, <laughs> and then I'll let you talk about Cam's injuries and stuff. But my my issue with Cam here is that he just is not – he's not a very effective pocket passer. Like his his main weapon is, is his legs, the threat of him running. And, I mean, he just has never really been a great passer. And, and if that's what he's going to be relegated to – He's going to be a mediocre QB at best. Uh, and I don't – I mean, I would think that the, the the Panthers would be best served if they um, did keep Kyle Allen in there, even if Cam Newton was healthy. And there are reports that people – or the, that teams are interested in Cam Newton, trading for Cam Newton. But, yeah, I mean – like you said, the way he, like John said, the way he plays, he gets beat. He's getting beat up and it's taking away his legs. And once those legs are taken away, he's just not as effective of a quarterback. Um, but another thing we need to take into account is that Will Greer was drafted this season. And I don't know where Kyle, I don't know if Kyle Allen was even drafted, but Will Greer was a lot of people's favorite QB coming out. And I, I don't know how much that says for this class. Not a not a fantastic class for quarterbacks, but Will Greer is still there. Um so we 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 definitely have to keep that into account here. I think from what we saw of Will Greer in the preseason, he's definitely not ready, but let's just say he takes a step forward. I, I, I don't, I, I think that Will Greer could overtake Kyle Allen sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think that's a good point that you brought up on Greer. Um, I'm, I was not um, as high as some people were on him, but I, I definitely had him, you know, as a draftable quarterback in dynasty, just cause I was worried a little bit about Cam's injury history. I mean, this is, he's, he plays like he is, uh, he plays like he's the size that he is. I mean, he, he, he is a trucker. He is not an avoider. And that is not what you want for your franchise quarterback. We're seeing it catch up to him. Again, hasn't had the big one, but I think this one should count as a big one because he's missed a large chunk of the season with a foot injury that those foot injuries don't usually get a whole lot better. Um, he is going to have a hard time this season, especially as far as Kyle Allen, man, you know, I, I like Kyle Allen to me. He's kind of on this, 
Nick Foles trajectory. And again, it's not a, it's not a perfect comparison, but outside of that first week where he threw for four touchdowns and like 260 yards, you know, he's got 232 yards, no touchdowns, uh, 181 yards, one touchdown, uh, 227 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know if Kyle Allen is this world beater. Now, He's got four W's. So if you if you're winning football games, that's what you want your backups to do. That's what you want. Teddy Bridge Teddy Bridgewater is a perfect example of this. Is Teddy Bridgewater going to win you a Super Bowl? Maybe, probably not. That uh, you need Drew Brees to come back for that. I think the same situation applies here. I think Carolina is a good enough team to win without Cam Newton. With a guy like Kyle Allen, who again hasn't thrown an interception yet, he's not losing them games. But is he winning them games outside of that first one? I don't know. I don't know for sure if he is. I mean, two twenty-seven and two. He's had some a couple of good games here, but I don't know if it's he hasn't. I don't know if he has played anyone besides maybe Houston that I'm like, man, you know, that was that was a good quality win for him as a, as a quarterback. So I think he's a one year. Uh, you know, I think he's worth having this year. He's startable. Um, but I don't think he has the upside as a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who's in a similar situation where he's taking over for a quarterback long-term, um, could have a little bit more value past this season. Um, and I think is proving it right now that I think he's going to for sure be a starter. Is Kyle Allen for sure going to be a starter? I don't know. Uh, to me, it seems like Nick Mullins from last year where it's like, you know, startable, but not Nick, not Nick, Nick Mullins should be a starter. <laughs> Um, but but he's but he's not no. now that now that the, the starter is healthy. I mean he's so, not. So, so that, yeah, just, that's kind of what I was I was pointing at. Just to give you an idea of Cam Newton as a passer, he has three seasons of sixty percent or higher completion percentage. Um, he's got one season over four thousand yards, and that was in his rookie season. He has a two point seven percent interception uh, percentage career interception percentage and a 4.6% uh, touchdown percentage. So you can see he's just, he's not, he's a middling passer at best. I mean, he's just, he's not what makes him effective. And I think most people know this is that it, is his legs. I mean, the guy, the guy can, he's had 350 or more yards rushing in every season four more touchdowns rushing in every season so the threat of his legs always makes him more effective but like i said when you uh when you take those legs away he just he's not nearly as scary um so that's just something to keep in mind here is that he's getting up there i mean he's he's only 30 but when we take into account how he plays i i just It'll be difficult unless he changes just the like the way he plays and his ability to pass. He's just going to be worse and worse as it goes on, I feel. I feel he's also a guy that it's easy to get in his head. Once he, uh, once he starts breaking down and having a bad game, it just goes all downhill. He can't control his emotions. You know, it's like he goes sits on the sidelines with a towel over his head and doesn't, you know, wants to sulk all the time. And, you know, he's just not, you know, everybody complains about Jay Cutler, how, you know, he'd sit around and cry baby on the, on the bench when things are going wrong. Uh, Cam's the same way, but he, he seems like he's more of a baby about it. And he, he wants all the attention in the world when he's winning, you know, the Superman stuff and everything else. But, you know, he's got to learn how to lose. 
it's okay to lose. I mean, he's doing the best he can. He's, I mean, he's not a he's not a horrible quarterback. He's not bad even. He just has to, you know, he's got to rally around the troops when things are going wrong. He's got to get everybody, you know, in in in. He's got to support that team, and he's not doing that. Yeah, that's a fair point as well. Um, one more point on Andrew, or on uh, Cam Newton here. Andrew O brings up a question about Cam Newton versus Josh Allen's career prog- uh, progress. Um, I I think that's probably the best comparison for what Josh Allen is right now. I mean, he's he's got a better arm than Cam Newton, but he's a big dude who can run. Not extremely, I mean, not very accurate. Uh, and is probably going to have a lower touchdown percentage and a higher interception percentage. So I think that's a valid, um, valid uh, comparison there. All right. We have uh, another question that uh, we had a while, uh, a while back about a trade here, uh, a trade, just uh, this one's from bill super duper flex trade just went down in one of my leagues, a 14 team super flex Trubisky and Goodwin, not Goodwin, not Godwin. For Tannehill and a mid twenty twenty second. That's a slam dunk for the twenty twenty seconds. The most, the highest thing in this whole trade. So. <laughs> uh, in a fourteen team league, I don't know, man. John McGlynn hates John. Johnny here hates uh, Mitch Trubisky. So, Mister Biscuit, <laughs> Mitch Trubortles. Yeah, yeah, I don't. man. I've never seen a. <sighs> I feel bad for Mitch Trubisky now. Don't. I, I mean, I don't think he's good. I don't think he was ever as good as what we what was the consensus of uh, last year. Um, I think that teams kind of realized, like, hey, wait a second. He can't throw. <laughs> he's not good at throwing footballs. So, what was the consensus uh, last year that he had a good defense well, think, and that he had a running game? And then, I, you know, I, think, was, I think I think the fact that he was competent last yeah, year. Yeah, I think he took. I think most gave, of us saw him take a step forward last season. And he was able to use his legs. But, I mean, that's a step forward from what was a, a trash rookie season. So, yeah. I don't know. I, you got, I mean, you, when you have a defense that put – they had a miracle season. They put you on a, pretty much a 30-yard line every time. You had a score from the 30-yard line every, every time you had the ball. Special teams scored you 14 points a game. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was- now, now John is being hyperbolic. <laughs> relax. I, I agree, and, and Scott Connor brings up a good point here. Mitch Trubisky just isn't running right now, and that's what makes him – I mean, much like Cam Newton and Josh Allen, that's what makes him effective is his ability to um, to run the ball, and he just has not been running this season. And I, I, they need to get him back to moving outside of the pocket and and throwing on the run and and actually running the ball using his legs. That's what made him effective. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the defense helps. Um, I don't think that defense is is. I still think they're pretty good um, defensively, but the they team, have been rough against the run, by the way, which. Again, I think part of part of that goes back to the offense is not moving the ball the yeah. way that they they did last year. That puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Um, they had almost no injuries last year. The defense was had a great game. The play calling, the gimmick play calling. I I I, I, uh, I just can't believe the, the the play calling that went everything went right last year. Every every crazy call that that you know that was called on the field just happened to work magically worked last year. I mean, if the double doink would have, wouldn't have happened. 
Uh, they could have been a Super Bowl team just out of defense alone, but that you know it is what it is. They win and lose games. And Maybe they miss Jordan Howard. Did you ever think of that? A hundred percent. They do. Uh, I yeah, they I, do. I do too. I I mean, Jordan Howard has looked actually pretty good with Philly Philadelphia. Um, he looked fine behind a bad O line last season, and I mean, I I've been on that. I I did not like David Montgomery coming out or coming out. Cause he's just, he doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the vision. He's got fantastic. Uh, uh, breaking tackle ability. That's... Yeah. He, he's good. Great at breaking tackles. He's good. Got good contact balance but beyond that. And he's got good hands, but beyond that, this game is a lot faster and you can see it. He, he isn't reading what he reading the holes. Well, he is dancing too much in the backfield. He doesn't have the burst. I just I'm not a big fan of David Montgomery. The other big difference is the schedule. Last year they played the almost the easiest schedule in the league, and this year they're playing almost the hardest. You know, it's easy when things go right when you're playing a bunch of nobodies, and then all of a sudden you got one of the toughest schedules in the league, and you got to really, you know, you got to really put a game plan together. And they're get they're just get, they're getting out coached, they're getting out played, they're getting out everything. Uh, Ethan Scott had another question about. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky and, and his shoulder injury, will that affect his running ability moving forward? I mean, it, outside of just mentally, you know, him trying to protect the shoulder and not maybe fighting for an extra yard or two, uh, maybe he slides earlier than he normally would. Uh, it shouldn't affect his ability to run like he should be able to run. Um, it's more about mentally, does it affect, you know, does it take what would have been him diving for a first down, maybe moving the chains as opposed to, you know, sliding early um and again there's no way for me to know that um i, I can't see how i wouldn't um at least somewhat affect his psyche um as far as running but it shouldn't prevent him from from taking off and and his legs actually running because it's not not a lower body injury um typically it's anything a upper body when it comes to running same thing with running backs usually they come back pretty well from that kind of stuff um it's more about how it affects their style of running. And I think Trubisky is, he, he, he's not necessarily an aggressive runner when he does run either. So, you know, I, I don't think it's really going to affect his running. I think he's doing it less. I don't know why he is. You would think he would run more because he doesn't get to rely on that run game. So he's in more situations where he's being pressured, but he's just not doing it this year. You're not getting that floor. And when you don't have that floor with a bad passer, Cam, it doesn't matter who it is, Cam, Josh Allen, Trubisky. Uh, if you can't throw the ball and you rely on running for your floor and then you stop running, you become a bad fantasy quarterback. Uh, let, let's get back to actually answering this trade. Um, whew. Trubisky's fantasy points are 8.27, 5. 5.6, 22, 0.6, 0.36. I like uh, the I like hurt. I like the twenty three. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I'm old. I can't really see my um, <laughs> And twenty three last game. Yeah, even though it was all garbage points at the end of, at the end of the game, he threw two touchdowns when they're already getting smoked. So, I guess here's my thing with Trubisky, and and it really depends on how you feel about where the Bears are going to go with the quarterback moving forward. I I honestly think that they could have a better chance with Chase Daniel instead of Trubisky at quarterback. Though the Bears did lose to Oakland when Chase Daniel started. Or Mariota. 
There you go. Or Mariota. Um, so it, it's one of those things where it's like Trubisky's in his third year of a five-year contract. Tannehill's not guaranteed anything after this season. So what would you really rather have? Um, I, and and I, here's the other. I, I don't know what to expect from Goodwin moving forward. He's getting up there in age, and he's he's one of those sprinter types that gets hurt soft tissue injuries often. So – I think I'm with John on the Tannehill in the 2022nd um, just because I just – I don't trust Trubisky that he will maintain his job moving forward because he's just not been good this season. Yeah, I think this team's going to get frustrated with having an, a Super Bowl caliber defense um, and then having it get squandered by just a horrible quarterback for two years straight. Um Again, you can you can argue last year if the double doink. Ultimately, they they had more opportunities to win that game outside of just that double doink. Um, I think that Trubisky has shown this year he should be progressing year to year, and he's not. So the only time he looks good is when, when teams are playing zone coverage and he's got guys wide open in the middle of the zone pockets. It's the only time I see him ever hit anybody that you know when people are wide open right in the middle of a four, they're right in the middle of the zone between the cornerback, the safety, and the linebackers. Uh, he hits those 15 yard little doinks when they're wide open. That's the only time I see him ever complete a pass. I would say this situation is similar to what, what is went on with Tennessee this off season, where I think they recognize that maybe they need a second option at quarterback. That's a little bit higher caliber than what they have. And then they went out and got that guy. You know, I think that you, you hear that John, both Johns, <laughs> both Johns, you hear that? Look, I, I I'm not going to go against Mariota was the starter to start the year. That's all I was guaranteeing. Um, but I think the team recognized that if thing goes, things go sour, we need somebody that we can turn to, to maybe turn this thing around. Um, we could be a pretty good, we could be a playoff team if we had a better quarterback. That doesn't mean they get rid of Trubisky, but it could mean that they bring in uh, a guy like, like Foles. Maybe they, you know, maybe they trade for a guy like Mullins. Maybe they trade for, yeah, you know, they're they're I guess the point is you can always get a guy like Tannehill to come in and back him up where if this happens again next year, hey, we're switching gears. Okay. It's obviously not working. You're not winning us games. You're losing us games. And we can't have that. Like Tannehill's our not a, too good. Tannehill's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, him and Mary would almost have almost exactly the same stats since you know, last couple of years. But Tannehill's a good quarterback. He's a, he's pretty accurate. He's pretty fast. I mean, he's a pretty agile guy. I mean, I, I think he's a – not that he's going to win you a championship, but I, he's definitely a, uh, a great backup, a great couple-week fill-in guy. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even – I would go as far as to say, like, if you had a guy like Drew Brees who's out for the whole season, you need to fill, some, fill somebody in. Tannehill would, would win games for you all season long, and then somebody would come in like a Drew Brees and just kind of – get you over the top you know if, if you were in that situation like I mean kind of like the Saints are right now but Tannehill does not he throws when he's forced to he throws a lot of interceptions but I don't think he he's not he's not a guy that turns the ball over all the time he's not a bad quarterback I, I think he's a Mariota just I, I think Tannehill's got a little better arm strength than Mariota does too so that's he's able to make some passes that Mariota can't which is kind of hard for me to admit but it's uh, it is what it is All right, so uh, we we actually started this whole train on <laughs> the Washington at Vikings uh, Thursday night preview got derailed a little bit. 
Um, let's get back to that. Uh, we've already talked about the injuries to Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson. Uh, if they don't play, which looks like they're not going to play. It's Wendell Smallwood week. It's Here Wendell we Smallwood week. Once Man. a year, he does this to us. <laughs> but it's against, the, us. it's against the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings are yeah, a good I didn't say he was going to grace us with a lot. But <laughs> gets, if you're if you're in bye week hell this week, he's not a bad option. If you are going to start Wendell Smallwood, though, start him in the RB spot. Do not start anybody that you're playing that plays Thursday night in your flex spot. Um, so let, let's just go through some green lights, yellow lights, red lights for this game. Uh, John, who, why don't you just give me one green light that you would have for this game? <laughs> for any will team? John, will John yeah, take for the any easiest? Team. For any two. The <laughs> easiest one. Uh, let's see. Um, let's go Dalvin Cook. <laughs> so, yes, he will. <laughs> yes, John will take the easiest one. Uh, well, yeah, I have to go first. I'll take the easiest one. But We're doing I green mean, lights right now. Right? Yes, go ahead, Ethan. <laughs> There's some injuries in this game. I mean, you only have yeah. Diggs is playing. It's... I think Diggs is a good start too. Mm-hmm. I mean, no Thielen, so I think right. that I think Diggs is going to definitely see. I think we could see ten plus targets for Diggs. Um, I back think to that, back back to back weeks of over one hundred and forty yards receiving. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is a game that he could really break out again in. And yeah. I'll have a good week for you. I mean, obviously, he's not breaking out, but uh, as far as putting up good fantasy week. I think we're going to see some some solid points from Dix, unless they go back to, well, we're we're stomping them, so we're just going to let Dalvin Cook run fifty times, and then we're going to throw ten times. I mean, that's an option. That's an that's an option. Um, I don't. I'm going to go yellow on um, Olabisi Johnson as well. Uh, the the mm-hmm. this he's been getting some looks. I think without Thielen, um, anyone but but Kyle Rudolph at this point. Um, could could be a, a, a flex worthy start, but again, you're not putting them in your flex. So, uh, I think flex worthy numbers. Let's put it that way. Um, I think Johnson could could potentially do that for you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the other uh, green light really in this game is um, Kirk Cousins. Oh man, I was going to say that next. The revenge <laughs> oh. game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been a lot better of, of late. Uh, they've been throwing the ball a lot more. He has uh, three straight games of over 300 yards. He's got 10 touchdowns in the last three games as well. Only one interception. So it looks like they've started to balance the offense a little bit more. So those days of, 10 attempts are are gone at this point. And I, I think that they will start to balance a little bit more, which is why I like digs. And I don't, I'm not really concerned about them running the ball 40 times and only throwing it 10 times. So do you, do you, uh, do you think these guys are professionals where it doesn't matter. It's kind of like a paycheck to them. Or do you think her cousin's going to go in there and say, you guys didn't believe in me and I'll show, I'm going to show you this week what I really got or what you let go and just stick it to the Redskins, even though, even though Redskins are horrible to begin with, and they don't really need a lot of, uh, you know, it's not going to take much ammo to, to, to wipe the floor with them. I don't believe in those games. <laughs> you, don't, you don't believe in narratives. I don't believe in narratives. Um, I think cousins could have a good case because they, 
I, I don't know. It's hard because how much animosity is there? They paid him way too much for like three straight years. Um, I guess he could be upset that they kind of strung him along. I probably would be too. Um, but then I would look at my paychecks that I got for those years when I was like a top three paid quarterback. Uh, and then I would go, <laughs> you know what? Maybe they're just idiots um, and I shouldn't feel bad about this. I think this is a Dalvin Cook uh, slaughter fest. Um, I think I think he is going to the game is going to run through him. I don't know if they're going to give Kirk enough uh, enough opportunities to prove it. His his revenge game. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I'm not a revenge game narrative person. I just don't. No, I see a big game from stuff. Big game from Alexander Madison this this week. They they got a good backup. They don't want to get the number one guy hurt. I could see Madison getting by about halftime. I could see Madison like really taking control of the second half and trying to keep you know try to keep Dalvin Cook from. Uh, from getting hurt. Uh, you, are there any green lights or I, I hesitate to say even yellow lights, but are there any green lights for Washington here? Maybe McLaurin, but I mean, that's Peterson's hurt. I mean, it's Thompson's hurt. We already talked about that. It's just a small wood show and he's new to the offense. I don't know what they, you know, it's, it's Keenan McLaurin, um, Trey Quinn. I don't know. I, I, I would say McLaurin's only one. Yeah, and I can't even say he's a green light. Yeah, we saw Marvin Jones kind of dominate last week. But other than that, the the Vikings' pass defense has been okay. I mean, they've given up some points to wide receivers, but not too many. Um but I guess if McLaurin and McLaurin being really the only um, legitimate passing option, he 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 produces kind of regardless of matchup at this point. Even even against New England, I believe he had 40, 51 uh, yards. So uh, it's it's hard for me to say he's a green light, but I don't think anybody is really going to be sitting McLaurin in this matchup. No, and I, I want to say someone's got to score points, but the Redskins have been shut out already. So I don't even think that's that, they're not that they're not good, right? Um, it, in turn, you you've already mentioned Ola B C Johnson, uh, Ethan. Yeah, um, Kyle Kyle Center has got a question for us: Is Alexander Madison going to be playable in this game? Absolutely, I I think so too. I think it's just it's going to be. It should be dominated by Minnesota to the point where Madison should get enough carries to be an okay flex option in in bye weeks. I'm going to say ten between ten and fifteen touches for Madison in this game, and I think that against this Redskins defense, that's probably that's probably playable in most fantasy leagues. He'll probably have RB two numbers. I mean, low end RB two numbers mm. this week. Well, we'll see about low end RB two, but at the very, but at the very least, I think if you're having to play somebody like Madison in the flex, you aren't going to be uh, disappointed here. Um, I don't, I don't think Keenum's really startable this game, um, unless he's going to be throwing a ton, and if that's the case, but I think most people will be sitting Keenum regardless here. Um, just he he started out fantastic and then has just kind of struggled. Um, of course, got benched for for the rookie. Um, but 
yeah, I, I mean, would you guys be willing to start? I mean, I guess it is. We, this is a super flex podcast, so would you be willing to start Keenum as your QB two this week? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. No, I don't think he's going to put up. I don't think he's going to put up QB two numbers. So. Um, if I can avoid it, I, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, after after those first three weeks, he just – I mean, mind you, he last week he he was in a rain game that was just sloppy all around. Well, yeah, I think that goes with McLaurin too. I mean, I, I was – you know, we talked about how productive he's been. He only had two targets last week. Right. That game was – anybody who watched it would – as soon as you turned it on, you were like – well, this is going to be a running game because there's no, you know, it's going to be ugly because it was just the field was a mess. He's in a dome now um, this week. So that's going to, that's going to, I think you're going to see a bounce back game to McLaurin. Is it, you know, a, a four touchdown game? No, probably not. Um, could he be startable? Yeah, I think, I think he probably could. He'll probably get less than 10 fantasy points. Thanks. That makes me feel good about what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah could window than- smallwood break out i mean let's uh, not break out but could he put up a reasonable game could if he is the be- if adrian peterson doesn't play and window smallwood is taking 100 percent or close to 100 percent of the touches and carries could he put up a fantasy relevant game i think he could i he can catch footballs yeah i mean yeah. ppr I don't know if he knows the offense yet. Well, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, If he is involved in the passing game, like, and, and he should be, I think he can. Um, I don't, I think you need to temper expectations a lot because (laughs) the, the Vikings have only given up the um, fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. In PPR, uh, they've only had given up one 100-yard rushing game. Um, they've only given up three double-digit fantasy point um, performances to running backs. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, if he takes, like, nearly 100% of the snaps, sure. I mean, he could be a, fl- a good flex option. But, yes, I temper expectations heavily here because I, I think Washington probably gets behind – early and they're going to have to talk through throw the ball a ton i mean i'm just thinking okay so you if peterson doesn't play if peterson plays this isn't this is a mood point but if peterson doesn't play looking at the targets that and chris thompson doesn't play thompson 10 targets the first game eight five five seven then he got hurt he only had three against miami but i mean if he sees more than five targets in a ppr and he's getting the rushing, whatever that is, even if it's just it's 50 yards. If he gets four targets for for 30, he's going to put up a James White stat line of 12 PPR points, which I think you're happy with. I think that's the only that's, – that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm going to start him. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if he put up a, a reasonable fantasy week if he's the only guy there. It's understandable. I get it. I understand that that's going to be, there's probably going to be a lot of dump offs because receivers aren't getting open. I mean, Paul Richards not going to, Paul Richardson has been out for the last couple of weeks, right? So I don't think he's going to make a big difference this game. I don't know what, uh, I don't, I don't know. Besides McLaurin, they don't have anything else. Jeremy Sprinkle. 
Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't expect a lot from this game. I, I think I agree, Ethan, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where it's like it's the third, fourth string running back at this point. I don't know how involved he will be. Um, he like if they were running the ball, sure, but it's just one of those. Does does Keenum trust him? So yeah, uh, he could. Like I said, he could put up flex worthy numbers. It's just one of those uh, temper your expectations because regard. Yes, volume is king in fantasy, but quality volume is more king than fantasy. Didn't, didn't they just sign somebody else today too? I do not know. Uh, I don't know. I could have sworn I seen on the waiver wire this afternoon. I should have wrote it down, but <sighs> um, it sounds like maybe Chris Sims or not uh, Charles Sims. Well, that's just Wendell Smallwood, and with a different name. <laughs> uh, now I gotta, now I gotta vamp here while I uh, look things up. I got nothing. Yeah, I think that's it for that. <laughs> yeah, all right. Don't be. Um, yeah, so I that that'll do it for that game. So basically, start cousins, start digs, start um, cook. You probably start Ola BC Johnson. You could probably start Alexander Madison. Probably start uh, Terry McLaurin. Other than that, kind of kind of gross the rest of the way. Probably going to be a blowout game. Probably not going to be a good Thursday night game, but no, that's been true for most Thursday night games. So, <laughs> all right, well, we are good. Good question. I'd like to. I'd like yeah, to yeah. touch on a little bit. Um. So, uh, final question here with Josh Gordon news from Ben Ebby with Josh Gordon news today, getting placed on the IR and sounding like Patriots will waive him once healthy. Is he a buy? Now, depending on price, what teams would could claim Gordon for the stretch run? I'm not touching him. I <laughs> Stompy's out. Yeah, no. I mean, I've been out since he hasn't been on the field an entire season since when 2009, 2011, whenever he had that huge we that huge um, season, but. And, and maybe I should let you talk a little bit, Ethan. He had two knee bruises. Uh, it seemed like Gordon was surprised, but, I mean, how was how was that going to affect his performance? I think he was surprised. I think this is kind of one of those situations where it all in, all the reports out of his camp was that he was ready to come. He was getting ready to come back either either this week or next week. So an IR designation for a guy that's about to come back, this just, I mean, this just, he's, they're getting rid of him. I mean, I think that's, they, they said that with the Sanu trade, they obviously do not trust him um, at this point. The, for his own, for my own personal belief, I just hope that this is just due to the injury and not being able to consistently make it on the field this season. I, I truly hope for his well being that this is not related to the other things that have kept him off the field previously. Uh, I don't, there's no way to know if that is the case. I think it, I don't think anyone can judge anyone else for questioning that anytime, anytime it comes up because 
it's Josh Gordon. His history precedes him. Um, but as far as the injuries, I mean, I think if he's ready to go, he should he should be pretty effective when he when he does play. The question is, where will he play? <laughs> and I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess the Chiefs are Chiefs could be one with Watkins not really um, super healthy. Now they're dealing with Mahomes, who that's his own separate issue. But um, that would obviously be a good scenario. Um, I feel like I feel like the Eagles could use some help right now. Um, that would be a pretty good situation, I think, to land in. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard because I think there's so much baggage there. I guess if the price is right, you, you, I, I don't know. Every time I say, "Oh, the price," if the price is right on Josh Gordon, you should take him. I feel like you get burnt. So, how many times are you gonna get? How many times are you gonna touch the stove before you realize that it's hot and you shouldn't touch it? I think that's that's the. That's my take on it. I don't have any Josh Gordon because I don't I don't play around with that stuff. I'm all about I want the guy that's gonna be on the field as much as possible. And Josh Gordon just can't seem to do that. I got a question in my inbox if we got time for that. No. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> You're not doing it. Absolutely. Would you start Kyle Ru- would you start Kyle Rudolph this this week with No. No, no I would no. not. No. Absolutely. I, I think Irv Smith Jr. is taking over that team little by little. And I, if anything, they're going to share those targets that are going to tight end anyway. But no, I would not. Yeah, no. Get out of here. That's wild. I just All had right. to. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's batshit crazy. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so we are we are past an hour here. Uh, looks like we don't have any any more questions in the in in, in the chat. So we will sign off. Uh, follow my co-hosts here, uh, Ethan Turner at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Really, you should be following him regardless of anything because he gives fantastic information, gave a detailed thread on the Patrick Mahomes injury. Um, he gives awesome advice and with with fantasy football as a whole, but is fant- I mean, he obviously is a doctor, so <laughs> he's our resident doctor. So yeah, I mean, fantastic. One of the one of the go tos for um, uh, injury advice, medical um, news, stuff like that. So definitely be following him. Also follow the Big Irish, John McGlynn at John McGlynn seventy five. I'm really excited to have him on. Over the past several weeks, he's been fantastic addition to the Superflex Super Show family. Follow the podcast at Superflex Show. Um, we always try and retweet polls uh, or, or uh, questions, answer questions, whatever you need. So um, always tag us in those polls and those in those questions as well, and we'll try and get to those. Uh, you can follow me at FF Stompy. Don't forget to subscribe to this uh, show um, either on the DLF Family of Podcasts or on its uh, own um, podcast feed. Uh, we do five episodes a week, one uh, starts or two start sits one obviously the one live that we are now the regular show and then we also do a waiver claims and uh, next week th- this week and stuff like that trying to get a head of the curve so uh, go ahead and do us a favor uh, subscribe rate and review there help us out help us get out to the masses so uh, with that we will uh, sign off and good luck in week eight and talk to you later everybody also Thanks, also, John, what do we what do we say at the end of these things? Stay sexy and super flexy. That a boy. <laughs>
I love that.